The Alternative, 93.9 FM, KWSS. Sexism and bigotry Spread like a disease throughout history So what's the cure for a fool to see That we are all connected collectively Either you fair or you greedy Good or you evil Equality or war It's us or it's ego Seven billion people and we all deserve equal rights A fair chance in life Harmonize and unite That's the mission This is the soundtrack For humankind to overcome and bounce back Dedicated to spirits that fought bravely To heal the world of ignorance and mental slavery my mind a prism, I dream in every color To build a better world for the children of all of us Malcolm died for it, Malcolm. Martin died for it Martin. I'm speaking these words to make you come alive for it Yo, how long will it take the world to change? And what will it take for love to reign? All the hate and the pain, it's too much to bear Take a long look in the mirror, it starts right there yeah. Humanity was meant to be enlightened If you see injustice, do what you can to fight it When you hear the truth, you feel it inside I look inside the children's eyes and think we gotta rise Amen. Love is divine, the most powerful frequency The vibration alone shifts souls easily yeah. Making a difference starts at home right. It's way more than just speaking words through a microphone There's gotta be some real action involved and it's gotta be done by one and all So what's the answer to the test? All you need is to love your neighbor like you love yourself All we want is justice, all we need is love All we want is justice, all we need is love All we want is justice, all we need is love All we want is justice, all we need is love WSS 93.9 FM and KWSS.org. This is the Thursday edition of the Danny Cutler Show. And as promised, my phone guests have called in. I have got the co-directors of the the new film. I guess it's it's still new because it premiered at the Phoenix Film Festival in April, but it's having its world premiere tomorrow night, You Racist, Sexist, Bigot. And I have the co-directors, Pina Juarez and Maddie Steinkamp on the line. Good morning, you guys. Good morning, Danny. How are you? Good morning, Danny. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you guys for calling in. I appreciate it so much, though I wish you were here in person because I love you guys. All right. Well, we will get right to it here. The Racist, Sexist, Bigot, it is a community-organized, crowdfunded, and it's an independent documentary. They reached out to the community for this 
it was crowdfunded. I contributed to the crowdfunding campaign for it because it's such an important film. And Pita, I want to speak with you first about this and your inspiration for this film. So where did this idea come from? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for being one of those fundraisers and those people that donated. I don't think that we've uh, been able to do as much as we wanted to if we didn't have that wonderful, beautiful community community support of people like you. Uh, so thank you. And then this film came, uh, you know, in 2016, um, Donald Trump won an election. It was very sad for a lot of people who were working to have a, a better and united and more progressive America. And we wanted to really tell stories that were going to show the narrative of underrepresented stories. And as a journalist and as somebody who works a lot with activists around uh, the state, I know firsthand that those stories were not being told. And if they are told, they're told in a a 30-second clip. They're told in a 10-second soundbite. And, you know, it's not to the reporter's fault. It's just the type of, like, media and news that we're in today because we're such a fast-paced going society. Um, so we really wanted just to focus and really give those, those narratives the time that they needed and that we knew was really valuable to that story of, you know, of the black man in America, uh, trans people in America, undocumented people in America, and who they are, who, what they represent. And how do we start having conversations with people whose identities we are sometimes very ignorant about? You mentioned that your work and what you do takes you to all these places and you and you deal with this every day. What is your background? So I started out, you know, at journalism school at the Walter Cronkite School as a journalism student. I worked my way into, um, you know, several different channels from Spanish to English media in the newsrooms. And I just quickly realized that, I mean, those, those experiences made are so valuable and the people I've met are super valuable to what I do now. Uh, but I just really, for myself, realized that that's not the type of journalism that I wanted to do. Since I was a kid, I, I knew that I wanted to tell stories. I used to tell my mom that I was going to marry my cameraman. Maddie, I'm not going to marry him. <laughs> he is, he's fully taken. But that's the only way that I saw that I would be happy and, um, it was just to somebody who was going to follow this journey that I wanted to take because I was so, so passionate about it. And working sometimes in these mainstream medias, you're very limited to what you can say um, and what you can do. And I think that, you know, this was probably five years ago. and But now, thankfully, we're seeing more um, media outlets that are, people are creating. People are creating their own media. People are creating their own, you know, their own podcasts, their own movies. Look at... You see things like Netflix, where there's just a bombardment of of new films, independent films. And that, to me, was the gateway and the answer that I needed to tell the stories that I've been wanting to tell for so long. That's amazing. And you're right. We definitely know here in the music scene that independent is certainly the way to go if you want to reach people and really reach them at their core and not just give a soundbite or or face a lot of restrictions, as we always see in radio. So I definitely understand that. So how did you and Maddie meet? Our love story starts at KWSS. You did, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, where, you know, I was working in the, the morning show at TMI, and Maddie has always been, you know, with music Photos and, and taking pictures. And um, I always, you know, 
that he was a very kind person and we I wanted to work with him but you know I'm not too much into the music scene anymore um, <laughs> watch it there girl he was like I but I knew he was a very talented person with a really good heart and I think that um, Maddie does a great job at being a good partner when it comes to um, you know this film which is very sensitive um, it deals with a lot of people of color and a lot of identities and to be this straight white guy and, and such a great ally and it's just um, it's a good partnership but that's how we ended up meeting and well he came up with the idea that he wanted to make up an eight minute video about just um, descriptions of people that uh, descriptions of racist things that people had been um, somebody had told you in the past but you know the underlying message to that was just it's just so much yeah. <laughs> right like it, it, we couldn't tell that we couldn't say that you're leaving people with so much thought yeah. uh, which some movies do that right like we were just at a film festival this weekend at the misfit film festival um and there were all beautiful short documentaries and it's great to kind of be left in like, oh, my God, so what happened? Oh, you know, you're kind of putting two and two together, and that's what's so beautiful about mm-hmm. film. You know, with this, it was just like, ooh, we really got to do it at justice here, and, and let's go a little deeper. And it just turned into a full-length documentary. And it wasn't even hard, you know. This could really be a series of, you know, chapter one, because there's just so much to say, and especially, you know, this with this president and what's happening all over from America to every other country in the world um, and all the um, social justice and injustices that are happening, you know, we could really just write a book about it. <laughs> we won't. But. For sure. And, and what, what, what else about it, too, is that, I mean, we, we cut down, you know, a bunch just so that we could fit within the guidelines of film festival, you know, timelines. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one of the things we, we knew early on was that, you know, we didn't have uh, the marketing money or the financial, you know, backing to go out there and put it out ourselves. So we, you know, like right away. So we, we really felt like if we could build some steam by getting it into film festivals, if, if one film festival would select it, it would give us more, you know, more publicity. And then if two could select it, then it would be more and, you know, eight film festivals later and six awards later, you know, we're, we're able to actually put it out ourselves. Um, and, you know, that's all because of the community that we have. And I, I would even go as far as saying, Peter and I have been talking about possibly even doing another one, you know, doing a more international version of this, this film. I mean, this was very much centered on what was happening in Arizona, even though it's uh, very much a worldly conversation. Um, but you know, it is important that, that people understand like all of these people that are in this film, all these beautiful people are all in one area. They're all one part of, of, of the, the, you know, the border area of Arizona kind of thing. So like, I, I, I love it looking at it, being able to say like Pete and I, you know, really traveled around a lot to, make sure we captured Arizona to really make sure we captured like these neighborhoods that, you know, meant more to, to our community as opposed to let's go stand in front of the stadium kind of thing. Um, or let's do this all in a studio. We really wanted to go out there and capture the community. Um, and not, not so much try to change it. Don't, 
we didn't want to glamorize it or sensationalize it, but at the same time, we didn't want to make any kind of negative connotation to anything. Everything was, let's, let's shoot everything as, as it can be and really show, show the natural beauty of our state. And you definitely accomplished that. And your tagline is, is that it's a film to raise consciousness. And I think that just hits it on the head right there. And it does show that even though it's just a small pocket of the United States and the world, but it really gets you to think more globally. And if it's happening in one place, well, it's happening everywhere. So I totally, it totally comes across in the film. And so speaking of the stories that are told, it's, it's all first person stories. You basically just put the camera on them and they spoke about their experiences with all of them, racism, sexism, bigotry, all of those hateful things. How did you find the people to tell the stories? Did you put out a, a call for stories or did you already have an idea of who you wanted? Yeah, no, so we, um, a lot of the people I knew from working with them on different stories, different, um, you know, activists that I've worked with, uh, with coalitions, and, you know, and if it wasn't the right story, they would point me to the right person. Uh, Maddie also brought in a great group of people that he just knows from his networks. So it was a really great mix of very different people and very different stories that we felt, oh, this is, you know, this works great. The majority came from just Phoenix, but we also reached out to people in Tucson and different people that we wanted to work with. And, you know, we would have even more people with different, you know, we tried it as much as possible to be like, okay, we have Latino, we have Black, we have Muslim, we have, you know, Asian American. But also because of the deadline that we wanted to finish this film, we, you know, obviously couldn't get every single person in the city in the film, but we did as much as and as good as we could. Oh, it's definitely a good uh, primer to raise your, your awareness of, of these things in the world. I mean, it's still a wide enough variety of backgrounds and ethnicities to get the point across, that's for sure. And I say this having seen the film and as a white woman and, you know, just knowing and, and even dealing with my own privileges, I, I definitely see it in all of that. So, I mean, well done. You could definitely do about 50 sequels for sure. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, Danny. That's so awesome. <laughs> but that, Danny, can you say um, something... <laughs> Well, it's on, it's on, it's recorded now. I can't go back on my words. It's recorded.
Yeah. So let's move on to the other aspect of this. It's not just the beautiful filmography. It's not the the stories themselves, but the soundtrack is also a very important piece of this film. And of course, you know, being local music here, it is a it's a local soundtrack, and it's it's it just has such meaning, and it really fits in well with the film. So, how did you how did you find the music, or did you know? who you wanted to perform? How did all of that come about? Well, first of all, I was a, if you want to credit, you know, KWSS for having some great, great music throughout the years, I mean, all, the local music scene is, is what made this, this entire soundtrack happen. It was just a dream come true for, for both uh, PETA and myself, and I would even say a lot of the musicians on, on, the, on the thing. I mean, number one, we, we, there, was, there was two voices that we pretty much said, we have to have Camille Sledge sing on this. Yeah. Um, Phoenix Afrobeat Orchestra. Yeah. I, yeah, Phoenix Afrobeat Orchestra. I think both Pete and I were like, we have to get them to do something for this. Um, and being that uh, I work with them a lot and we're just like family kind of stuff. And, um, you know, Camille got her nephew, Baljeet uh, Muhammad, uh, to sing on it. And, Really, once we got those two voices, like once I knew that they were going to sing on this soundtrack, we really wanted to create like a gospel uh, track that was very vocal. Um, when we had done the, when we were at the one of the protests that is featured in the film, um, one of the group chants that was really powerful for me was this "No Justice, No Pride" kind of chant. That and for days and days after the protest, it stuck in my head. And um, there's this movie that, you know, had a, had a very big impact in my life growing up, just in history kind of thing. Uh, Glory uh, is the film, and it's a, there's, a, there's a gospel part in it where uh, Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman are singing in it, and it has this, like, Oh, my Lord, 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 Lord. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, beautiful, like, like war hem kind of thing. I would say that was probably the... the most like thing that we really like was inspired from was that that specific song from glory really made the uh the the bare bones basics of all all we need is love um and then from there we wanted to take that same melody that we made with all we need is love and make it into these different uh genres that would kind of describe different parts of the film so there's there's this uh, gospel track. There is a very Latin track of it. There's a very like kind of mysterious, like deep track that is uh, from Decker and Sedona. There's uh, there's a very much like a hip hop R and B track that is uh, kind of gets the, the the move going a little bit more. That has more cash in it from Mistakes. There's some amazing artists that are that are featured on the on the on the album. Taylor Upsall and her little sister um, Ryan Upsall. Mark Allred from the Haymarket Squares. There's uh, members of the Stakes. Uh, ben plays the piano on it. Like I said, Ali Montifar is the is player. And actually, uh, there's going to be some members. There's some, there's some things that we're going to have at the film. Premiere. Ooh, I love it. And the premiere is happening Friday, Friday night. There's a 7 p.m. and a 9 p.m. showing. And I shouldn't even tell you this because it's sold out. More screenings. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. So there are more chances to see it. Do you have those dates? Yes, so uh, Monday, December 3rd at 5.30 p.m. at Film Bar. Tuesday, the 4th 
at 7.30 at Sombar, and Thursday the 6th at Sombar at 7.30 as well. Excellent. So see, you don't have to miss it. You still have plenty of chances to see it. You just don't get the red carpet treatment. That's all. No big deal. <laughs> so, Pina, let me ask you this as we wrap things up. So the film, as I said, it, it I saw the, the premiere at the Phoenix Film Festival this past April, and it has you have been showing it at film festivals around the world since then. And... What was your, it's kind of a twofold question. So what is the the biggest thing that you want to accomplish with this film? And have you already started accomplishing it? Yeah, I think for us, you know, um, it, the, the big thing is for people to um, start asking questions, start having conversations, uh, really looking into... Um, other people as cultures, you know, to me, just recently, I'm Central American, and with everything that's happened with the caravan, it's very heartbreaking and saddening to see um, immigrants being so hateful towards other immigrants, but I think if people took the time to know why people are fleeing, why people are leaving, why they're willing to die with their children, I think that they would be a little bit more understanding of the situations that are happening all over the world. But I also, you know, I bring that up because sometimes we don't even do that here. So, you know, and a lot of it is just like knowing, just knowing how, you know, if you were to ask me why, why are these people fleeing, I would tell you and take you into history of what has been happening. This is not a new thing. This has been happening for years and years and years and years. Um, and ourselves, our government have created that. So I think it's just about sitting at the table or sitting with your friends and asking them about something that you might be so unaware of, um, and not because you're ignorant and not because you're lazy. It's just, you know, we just haven't taken the time to do so, and we haven't felt comfortable doing that. And it's okay to feel uncomfortable, and it's okay to not know, but it's not okay to have opinions or create these um, these stereotypes and these images about people when that's not the reality. Um, so I think to me that's my biggest accomplishment, and I'm so happy. You know, we we think about we did this movie two years ago, and it just seems like the ever growing problem of race and discrimination is just not going away. If anything, it makes our movie stronger and more relevant, um, which is great, but also sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, this problem, this, this is not going away. And I'm so happy and grateful that we have this amazing privilege to have a conversation with people, to take this film that is so momentous right now, you know, be able to share and hopefully make some of those people feel comfortable enough to have them, you know, ask what they need to ask and not feel scared or awkward or, you know, like they that they should keep quiet and we're happy to connect people to other folks and you know working with a lot of organizations that are doing wonderful work and I think that to us has been the biggest win of all with this film it's just the community that we've built and it very it it definitely shows again you know I'm very glad I've seen the film because I can give my my reactions to it and the things that I took away from the film because it isn't I want to tell people who might be hesitant to see it based on the title alone to not 
fear it because it isn't uh, the way it's done is not in your face about racism and sexism and bigotry. It's it's not like that. It is basically just, it, it's storytelling. And that's the best way to get a point across is to tell real stories from people. And you're just listening to these stories and it's not demanding. It's not finger wagging. It's nothing like that. It is just telling these stories to hopefully bring about that consciousness again, that better understanding of the way the world is. And you don't want, I mean, of course we want it to be eradicated. We don't want any of these things in the world, but they're not going away anytime soon. And that's just the reality we have to live in. But films such as this one are the way that we have that conversation so that we can eradicate it a little bit every single day. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Danny. That was yeah. That's really. Then that's that's what we want. You know, we we want we wanted to get out of the social media noise. Mm -hmm. You know, and find find both Pete and I were like, gosh, how can we? You know, if we're going to create something, you know, how can we create something that people don't? There's they can be in a safe place. You know, a theater. You know, they could be at their home and watch this. You know. They could be in a classroom and watch this, you know, and they could discuss this with people. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things that both Peter and I have really been enjoying lately is these, we've been going from around to college campuses and screening it with the students and literally talking to them. Like, how are you talking about discrimination on campus? You know, how are, how are you feeling this is being ha handled? You know, are you being represented in, in the media the way you want to be kind of thing? And, it's 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 been it's been very exciting to see the response from the students and how they want this film to be out more to be in in the public more. Exactly. So you've definitely accomplished that, and congratulations to both of you on an amazing film. It's I, I can't say enough great things about it. Seriously. So if you guys were in the studio right now, I'd be hugging you both. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people find out more about the film or if maybe they are interested in hosting a screening or for other college campuses what's the website so the the website is racistsexistbigot.com or yrc.com um, no yrsbfilm yrsbfilm.com <laughs> obviously Maddie yeah. made the website but you know you can't you, if, you know a lot of people um, you know, the best way, I think, is social media. We're really super active on there, and we're constantly posting uh, things about our writers, things about us, where we're going, what's next. You know, we have a couple of uh, new states lined up that we're really excited. And the cool thing about going to different states and, you know, the film festival, uh, this, the film festivals this year is that the conversation changes in every state depending on, you know, what's the population there or what's happening in there politically. Um, and that's been really uh, beautiful, wonderful talk. So kind of just get out of the Arizona narrative. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's a big thing for us to say, this is what's happening in Arizona, right? This racist state that everybody, uh, that, that the United States sees as this racist state. Uh, but it's also great to go to places like Atlanta, to go to places like Texas, where also, you know, in places like the South, where there's still so much going on. And to talk to those people has been really good. So all social media is racist, sexist, bigot, and, you know, we're super excited to announce other states that are coming up. But if you do want to have a screening, please connect with us there. We're really fast on responding. Um, so we look forward to hopefully screening somewhere that, you know, somebody connects us to. 
Wonderful. And and yes, again, I will also post the dates on our social media. If you d- are not, if you weren't able to get tickets to the world premiere, which is Friday night, uh, there are going to be a few more screenings the following week. So I will make sure all of those are posted. So I highly, highly, I can't recommend it enough that you get out and see this film. And I, I have a feeling that you will enjoy it more than you think you will. Seriously. So Peta, Maddie, thank you so much for taking some time and phoning in and chatting with me. Thank you, Danny. Thank for you having so me much, her. Jenny. Yes, and all the support from the very, very beginning. Yes, and and I will, you know, one of these days I'll get you guys in the studio and we'll have a blast for sure. So, <laughs> our, all right. Well, we love you. yes, we love love you. love you too. And we were going to get back to the music here on ninety three nine FM. More selections from you, racist, sexist, bigot, are coming up. Keep it here. Why you be 